Hi, beautiful people. I hope you're well. I'm doing pretty good. Can't complain for the most part. Um, life has been lifing. So this episode is coming a little bit later in the week, a little bit beyond the normal cadence of dropping episodes. So I apologize. I have just had a lot of stuff going on on the personal end. So bear with me while I try and gain some semblance of control and figure out a schedule. A um, couple of church announcements. You know how we do. Again, newsletter sign up. It's still there. Would love to have you. That's number one. Number two, I would also love if you're enjoying the fun that we're having over here. Won't you consider leaving me a five-star review rating? It doesn't have to be a full review with like words if that's not your jam. If you don't want to take time from your busy life to do that, I totally understand. But you know, just a little click of the button, the little five star would be lovely. I'd appreciate it dearly. Um, it helps our community grow, it helps me show up more in the algorithms of Spotify and Apple and wherever else you guys are listening to this. Uh, and it helps our little corner of the internet become even bigger and better and have more in-depth discussion and conversation and so on and so forth. And lastly, and this is probably one of the most important church announcements as of late, is that I am considering a rebrand of this platform. I'm considering an overhaul of the name, the artwork, which admittedly is like not the best that anyone's ever seen, but we are a young we are a young, feisty group of one over here, okay? Company of one. We do what we can. We're doing it the best we can with what we have. But I've been thinking about going back to the drawing board. You know, I'm in Aries. <laughs> I can't. I can never stick to one thing. Haven't you heard? <laughs> so thinking about changing the name, leaning very heavily on a working title that I've had in the back of my mind for some time now. So stay tuned for that. You might look for this podcast and it may not say Celestial Thoughts anymore. It might say something else. So just keep your eyes peeled if you see a podcast in rotation that you don't remember signing up for or subscribing to or whatever the case might be. So that's all I have for church announcements for today. And now let's get into the proceedings this evening and let's talk about celebrity fashion brands once again. However, we're going to put a little spin on it here because I want to talk about celebrities who don't want you to know that they exist. <laughs> and in particular, I'm going to focus on a case study of a tale of two luxury brands and how they have drastically different outcomes. And I think the reason is that one is not synonymous with the celebrity owners and one is so let me stop being cryptic and just tell you exactly what i'm talking about this case study is going to be about two brands that i think are sister brands if ever there was one this is a hot take because one of these brands has a really die-hard cult following but i don't care how you feel i think they're sister brands and the brands in question are the row founded and created by Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen, and Victoria Beckham, which you can probably guess who founded and created that one, right? Like, <laughs> I think you can probably guess, but if you didn't know, it would be 
former Spice Girl herself, the David Beckham's wife and mother of his children, Victoria Beckham. Shocker. Now, like I said, I think these are sister brands. I think that they have so many parallels that it's not even funny. They're both, you know, celebrity-backed, celebrity-founded. They both operate in that same pocket of high-end luxury fashion where it's very nondescript, not a lot of logos, not a lot of hoopla and fanfare in terms of, like, product rollout and presentations at Fashion Week and so on and so forth. Like, it's very under-the-radar, nondescript, no flashy logos, hardly any flashy colors, and... The only real significant difference in these brands, if you ask me, is their revenue. Because if you didn't know, the row is doing very well financially. And Victoria Beckham has had a hard, hard time of becoming profitable and becoming in the black, as they say in the financial community. But Victoria Beckham's line launched in 2008, and it's never been profitable like I think they turned a profit in 2022 honestly last year I want to say I read something that they turned some type of profit for the first time ever since the brand was launched in 2008 and just for context the row was launched in 2006 so pretty much right around the corner from each other again adding to the parallels that i feel that these brands have which is quite a lot and it begs the question of why is one of you wildly successful and the other is not like the row i would argue has especially since Phoebe Philo has left Celine. Very excited to see what she's going to do with her her own label. That's supposed to be happening at some point down the horizon. But I would say definitely since the departure of Phoebe Philo at Celine, there have been a legion of women who loved that brand who are now flocking to brands that are reminiscent of Phoebe Philo's time at Celine. And The Row is for sure one of them if not the premier brand that has absorbed the majority of that Phoebe Philo at Celine customer. I think the majority of the women who were that diehard customer at Celine they have ended up at the row and if they didn't end up at the row then they've ended up at like maybe a Jill Sander who I also love. Um, She she's not the creator of the line anymore but I love the brand I mean. So they've ended up at like a Jill Sander. Tibby, I also think, is a great brand as well in a much more affordable price point. Uh, And a couple others. But I would argue that very few of those women left Celine and found a home at Victoria Beckham. Which is so funny because I think that Victoria Beckham's brand is everything that the girls love about the row. And if you're not familiar with her brand, I implore you at some point, either during the airing <clears throat> during the airing of this podcast episode, whenever you're listening to it, or after, just go through. <clears throat> I'm so sorry. I don't know what's going on with my throat today. Just go through all of her previous collections that have walked the runway. Like if you go on Vogue.com or something, you can see all of her previous collections and 
try and tell me objectively with a straight face that you don't see similarities between those brands. Like it is uncanny. And so that got me to thinking, as I said a few moments ago, why is one of you so successful and one of you is like struggling to turn a profit? No matter what, all of the gimmicks aren't working. And I think that it's because of a very simple but very deep, far-reaching reason. And the reason is that Victoria Beckham made the unfortunate mistake of being too attached in the public eye to her brand. And that works in some arenas and it works against you in others. And I think in the high fashion luxury space, it absolutely works against you as a celebrity to have too much of a front-facing interaction with the public and this fashion brand that you're trying to launch. Like, Kanye is probably one of the best success stories of a celebrity who got in front of their clothing line and said, hey, this is mine. And it actually took off and became highly profitable and became more or less, you know, a well-respected brand in the fashion community. And even then, Kanye will tell you, I'm sure if you get him in a room and sit him down and say, talk to me about the struggle to be taken seriously as a designer, I'm sure he would lock you up in at least a 30-minute conversation because even after achieving that goal, it was a long, hard road for someone like a Kanye West. And being a celebrity, trying to get into that space, absolutely worked against him. And of course, there are other factors that worked against him too, but that one is definitely a big one. And it affects everyone from every corner of the earth, every walk of life, who is famous for something else, who now wants to be famous for fashion. It is always going to be a long, hard road for that person. And that's because fashion has not really ever been favorable for celebrities. It's very hard to garner respect in that industry, in that community, when you're famous for something else, especially something that is considered essentially lowbrow, like being a a pop star or an athlete it's not really the more refined kind of fame or entertainment you know you're not a classic pianist or you know you don't dance for any professional ballet company you know you don't have a previous claim to fame in a realm that is highly regarded in these spaces And contrary to what a lot of people might think, especially if we're going back a ways, if we're going back to like 2006, 2008, when the Roe and Victoria Beckham's lines were created respectively, being a pop star, being a kid TV star and being on a hit TV show back in the day, like that was really cringe. That was a really cringe thing to have to own up to and admit to in those spaces once upon a time. And we're living in some very different times now where the the people who are allowed in this industry now are experiencing the most lax barriers to entry that there have ever been in that space. Which people like Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen and Victoria Beckham, you know, 
if you are a celebrity who now has a clothing line that does any kind of profit or just, you know, is out and available in stores and you're taken somewhat seriously, you have people like them to thank and Kanye's and whoever else is because they really had to eat shit (laughs) for a long time and have to deal with people turning up their noses. And while that kind of elitism has subsided a bit, I think it's still incredibly hard to shake that off of you when your brand is named after you and when it is so heavily associated with your likeness as a celebrity. And that is, in my opinion, Victoria Beckham's downfall with her brand because everything is there. It has all of the makings of what a good clothing line should be. It's got amazing cuts. They use great fabrics. They do amazing fashion presentations. They're they're never gimmicky. They're never too ostentatious and clown-like and circus-like. It's always with a focus on the clothes. It has a very serious air about it, like well-respected brands typically do. She's in the good graces of all of the big power players in fashion and fashion media, like Anna Wintour is faithfully in attendance at all of her fashion presentations no matter what. So, you know, she's got in good with kind of the architect of the modern fashion media and industry. So she's got that going for her. And she consistently gets season after season good reviews from all of these media publications as well like there's really nothing arguably bad you can say about the clothing and the clothing much like the row is so staple and core in terms of just the design like none of it is groundbreaking none of it is trend driven none of it is polarizing in any way shape or form where you are either like super for it or super against it like it's very neutral, very Switzerland, very middle of the road clothing, but just in, you know, the best cuts, the best fabric, fabrics, the best um, leathers and silhouettes that money can buy, essentially. And that should be enough. But it's not because you've attached your name to it. And so now a brand that might otherwise be accepted with open arms is going to be subjected to all of this additional scrutiny because people are not just thinking about the brand on its own. They're thinking about this brand as an extension of you, especially especially when you've quite literally named it after yourself. And by doing that, I think that a lot of subconscious biases and preconceived notions seep through and taint people's opinions and taint people's purchasing decisions in a way that does not happen with the row because the row first and foremost obviously most glaring difference is not named after the founders and that's a perfect example of what i mean because in any other industry you might think if you're famous You should absolutely be the spokesperson of this new business venture. You should put your face out there and you should put your name on it and you should brand it with your likeness so that you can get your built-in fan base to come over here and open up their purses and, and buy whatever it is that you're trying to sell over here. And in another industry, that might work. Like, this is so random, but like George Foreman, who was previously a pro boxer and has made millions and millions of dollars selling 
grills <laughs> and very clearly named it the George Foreman grill. That didn't work against him. That didn't work against him at all. If it was just a random grill and nobody knew it was George Foreman's, honestly, it probably wouldn't have been nearly as successful as it was. Putting his name on the packaging, using his likeness, being the spokesperson, doing the infomercials and this, that, and the third, it actually helped him. And it garnered not only his built-in audience who already knew who he was, but through that word of mouth, it also garnered attention from a bunch of people who maybe were not so familiar with him. And so it absolutely worked out in his favor and he sold millions upon millions of grills and lives happily ever after. But that would not be the case with high fashion, which is exactly why you have Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen who are in some circles demigods or demigoddesses rather for millennial women you would think, hey, you want to make a clothing line? Let's market it to everybody that already absolutely loves and adores you. And let's already just open the floodgates and let them come in and buy whatever they want. But they made a really, really smart decision to not become synonymous with the clothing line. And naming it something that is so far removed from who they are was the best business decision they could have made at that time. Because it allowed people to view their brand separately from whatever feelings and opinions they may have had about the Olsen twins. And it's very subconscious. It's very subtle. Like, I don't think a lot of people realize that they're looking at Victoria Beckham's line and letting their their subconscious biases about Victoria taint their opinion of the line. But that's exactly what's happening. And that's exactly what the Olsen twins have allowed or have not allowed to happen to them by naming it the row. And furthermore, on top of the fact that they made that business decision to not be attached to the brand, they also walk it like they talk it. So you don't see them parading around, taking gratuitous paparazzi photos, being at all these events you know, trying to play up the celeb factor and constantly be photographed and seen wearing pieces from their line and doing all these press junkets and all these media blitzes. Like, you don't see the Olsen twins doing any of that. Anytime I've seen a picture of the Olsen twins, I would say in the last, like, at least decade, if not longer, it's very obviously not a fake paparazzi candid where they called someone up and were like, hey, we're going to be over here between Rivington and I can't even think of New York City streets right now. But like, we're going to be here in the, on the Lower East Side from like three to six. Call the paps to bring them out. Like, it's very obvious that certain celebrities are doing that. And you can tell when somebody's just being a celebrity that's caught out in the wild and they don't have any control over that. And I would say consistently, unless the twins were at an event where there was a red carpet they are not actively looking for any attention they are not trying to call attention to themselves they really really do want the focus to be on the brand and the clothes and the quality and they don't want any part of themselves to be affiliated with it versus Victoria Beckham who yeah you know she doesn't do all of the super super gimmicky stuff like send 
you know, offense to Beyonce, but like, you know how Beyonce had the Ivy Park Adidas where she sent these big elaborate boxes to these influencers and then they recorded themselves opening up these four foot, six foot tall boxes full of Ivy Park merch and screaming into the camera, thank you, Beyonce, and crying and throwing up and like, oh, you know, all this stuff. Like, Victoria Beckham doesn't do any of that. So it's not like she's out here really hamming it up and trying force and force feeding her brand down people's throats she's not doing that but at the same time she is compared to the Olsen twins hyper visible because of who her husband is and also who she is and she finds herself at a lot of events where there's a lot of paparazzi flashes and she's you know constantly being a spokesperson for her brand and is photographed wearing it at all of these swanky events and photographed wearing it next to her husband and at her son's wedding and when she does conferences with business of fashion and yada 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 you get the point she's in a lot of very highly visible high profile areas wearing her brand that is named after her that doesn't do anything to quell the concerns of discerning clientele who have the money to spend three thousand dollars on a coat who are between a coat from the row and a coat from victoria beckham you know just making it up if i'm at harrods and harrods is a very well-known department store in the uk for those who don't know it's like the uk's version of bergdorf goodman i would say but anyway let's say i'm at harrods I'm the target demographic of both of these brands because I think the target demographic for for both of these brands is fairly similar. So I I have a choice of two coats. I don't want to get two. I just want one. And it's between a coat from The Row and a coat from Victoria Beckham. And like I said, I don't see a lot of differences in these brands. So aesthetically, they look more or less the same. What's going to be the deciding factor between which one of these that I go for? It could be a lot of things, but I ultimately think that that customer is going to see Victoria Beckham's name on the tag and they're going to be like, uh, do I really want to wear a brand that's affiliated with a, a football player's wife? <laughs> like, I don't know. Do I really want to wear a brand that's affiliated with the Spice Girls in 2023? I don't know. I don't feel that way. I think no matter who's behind it, if something's good, it's good. A good idea is a good idea. If something's well executed, then that just is what it is. And I'm not going to hold it against you that, you know, you are whoever you are. If I like it, I like it. But that's not how everyone is interpreting these things when they're ready to open their purse and buy something. And yes, ultimately, it's not it's not a secret that the row is founded by these two former child stars, but they do their best to be so far removed from that brand that I don't feel like, or rather this hypothetical customer, I'm going to speak for them and say that they don't feel like they're a walking billboard for the Olsen twins when they wear the row. The same way that they might feel like I'm a walking billboard for Posh Spice when I wear Victoria Beckham. And that gives some people the ick. It just does, especially people who are in the high fashion space because it's a space that has always been hostile to celebrities and has always made celebrities have to eat shit and pay their dues three times over in order to gain our respect. And 
Part of me understands why that is because there are a lot, and I mean a lot of people, who think that running a clothing line and being in the fashion industry is just about playing dress up and coming in with your Starbies in your hand and your Chanel bag and sitting here and click clacking on the keyboard and pretending to do things and just running around in pretty dresses. Like there's a lot of people who think that fashion is not a real job. And a lot of those people are the same people that want to make a clothing line. And naturally, a lot of people in the in the industry will meet you with resistance if they feel like this is just a vanity project for you. So there's always going to be that initial resistance no matter who it is, and that's why so many celebrity lines have come and gone because to be honest, like those celebrities weren't many of them were not super passionate about what they were doing anyway. So it's nothing for them to just close the doors and be like, never mind, this doesn't inspire me anymore. I want to open up a restaurant like, and then go over here and talk to these culinary people and aggravate them the same way I just aggravated these fashion people three years, three years earlier. So I understand the ambivalence and sometimes the contempt and the disdain for celebrities who want to infiltrate the fashion space. So you're already dealing with that uphill battle. And I think naming a brand after yourself, having an eponymous brand when you are what Victoria Beckham is and when you're trying to get into this space, it makes it a lot harder for people to push past that and see the clothing and the collections for what they are. And it's really unfortunate because I really do think that Victoria Beckham's clothing lines, uh, she did have a diffusion line of slightly less expensive clothing called Victoria, Victoria Beckham, but I'm almost certain that they have stopped producing that line entirely. And now she has beauty and skincare in which she partnered with a really reputable skincare brand called Augustinus Bader. And, you know, she does everything at a very high level, objectively. She really does. But having her name attached to it, it makes people take it less seriously. And it's very unfortunate. And so I think it's a lesson learned in really taking a step back. And, of course, hindsight is twenty twenty. Maybe in the early 2000s, it, it sounds more obvious now than maybe it might have sounded then. But it's a lesson in understanding when you should fall back and let the work speak for itself, I think. And shout out to the Olsen twins for having the foresight to know that even back then. Because in 2006, to be Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen and decide that you don't want your likeness attached to your clothing line, especially when they already had a clothing line in Walmart prior that did fairly well but was like very much branded as Mary Kate and Ashley uh that was a bold move and it paid off it paid dividends and I think this is a great case study of just seeing how you can have such similar ideas with similar execution and how they can just be received totally differently and yeah that's pretty much the extent of my thought I'm not good at ending these things. You guys already know that ending conversation has never really been my strong suit. So I apologize for how abrupt this is. I'm going to get it one day. I promise you I will. Just bear with me. 
keep rocking with me and I I will figure out how to take us up out of here with with grace and with finesse but I'm not there yet so with that said let me know what you think do you think that Victoria Beckham's brand is hurt by the fact that she's the spokesperson for it quite frankly do you think that she would be better served if she had never put herself in front of it and named it after herself and branded it to be synonymous with her do you think that people are petty for not liking a brand just because of who makes it uh you know you could argue both sides of that argument right but i would love to know what you think as usual you don't have to agree let's just have a respectful mature discussion and i'll see you on the internet somewhere bye